here this evening. We've got a, a clip that we're going to watch. It's about three minutes long. Uh, the scripture that this clip is going to be based off from is 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. The Lord says, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that you may be exalted in due season, casting all of your cares upon Him, for He cares for you. Amen. That's what we come here tonight. Freedom Ministries, the word freedom, the very definition is coming out from underneath the power or control of another. And there's many of us in the house of the Lord tonight that's been suffering, that lives, their minds has been controlled by things other than the presence of God. That's taken us into places of captivity and the bondage, whether it be depression, anger, insecurity issues, abandonment issues, drug issues, alcohol issues, pornography issues, whatever it may be. Anything that seizes your body and your mind to take you into a place of captivity is what this ministry was birthed by prayer that the Lord would move upon our minds and hearts in a mighty way that Romans 12 too would be able to be experienced in and through each and every one of our lives. That we're not conformed to the patterns of this world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. We're able to prove what is that good, perfect, acceptable, the pleasing will of the Father in and through our lives. And guys, tonight... I believe God wants to meet us in a powerful way. To learn to cast certain things that the world wants to put on us to carry. When we can learn how to cast those things properly to Jesus. Of how much weight is lifted off from our lives. Amen. And I believe for about three minutes here, uh, this clip, before we go into the message and we release the kids tonight for Children's Church... That God to speak to us in a, in a powerful way through this just three minute clip, and then we're going to move into into the rest of the message. Go ahead, Eddie. Listen to what Peter says: Give all your worries and cares to God. Why? Because He cares about you. Here's the thing: We got to give it to God. Peter gives a very simple prescription for how to overcome anxiety. It's just one word that Peter gives us. Right there in the text, he says, cast. Cast all your anxiety. All the things that are pulling at you, all the things that are pulling you apart, all the pressures, all the, all the strains, all the worries, and cast them off. Peter uses a word that's only used one other time in the New Testament. It's actually used by Dr. Luke. In Luke chapter 19, the disciples are sent to go get a colt for Jesus to ride on on the day that we would come to know as Palm Sunday. And look at what happens. Luke chapter 19 verse 35 says this. They brought it to Jesus and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. I only mention this because I think it gives us such an incredible visual. They took their coats and they threw them on the on the colt or they cast them on the colt. It's the perfect picture for the one instruction we are given to deal with our worries, our anxieties, and our uncertainties. Take the things that are pulling you apart and cast them on Jesus. The scripture says, cast all your anxieties on him. One antidote for anxiety is you have to give it to God. You can't go around carrying everything, trying to figure it all out, living in tomorrow, wondering how it's going to work out. What if my health doesn't improve? What if my company has layoffs and this family member did me wrong? I got to fix that. You're weighing yourself down, carrying things you were never meant to carry. That's why you can feel worn out and not able to sleep at night. Do yourself a favor and start casting those anxieties. They're going to come, but if you're going to stay in peace, you have to get good at turning them over to God. The word cast is an action word. When you're fishing, you cast the rod. It's not a complacent, underhand, let me just toss it out there. No, you forcefully swing your arm and aggressively flick your wrist. There's action and energy. In the same way, anxiety is not going to just fall off of you. 
Worry is not going to go away on its own. You can't just sit back and hope that things will change. You have to do some casting. When thoughts come, what's going to happen with your children? What if your business doesn't make it? What if you can't pay your bills? The enemy would love for you to worry about things that are never going to happen. He'd love for you to miss the beauty of this day because you're so anxious about tomorrow. Don't fall into that trap. God has not failed you in the past and he's not going to fail you now. The mark of spiritual maturity is not the ability to carry greater or more circumstances or responsibility. The mark of spiritual maturity is the willingness to cast all of those things back on Jesus. Transfer the weight and responsibility to him and he will lift you up. Cast it on Jesus. When you cast your circumstances on him, you are making a transfer of trust. You're saying, I'm not going to wear this weight anymore. I'm going to let Jesus wear it. What this clip, when I first listened to this, and uh, I just found this this afternoon, um, and I thought that it felt that it went really good with what we're getting ready to move into here tonight. Um, on casting our cares upon the Lord. And uh, before we get into this this evening, I just want you to know in the house of the Lord tonight that God loves you unconditionally right where you are. I don't care what you walked into this place carrying, what just happened this afternoon, what kind of week that you had, whether you failed or not, You're here tonight in the presence of Almighty God. Your presence here is not by accident or coincidence. You have been brought here by the power of God. And I believe God to meet your needs tonight. Not Jeremiah Jeffers, not the ministry staff here at Wellspring or anything with Freedom Ministries, but the power of Jesus Christ. To meet, to come into your mind and into your perception and into your thoughts and down into your heart and to, and to cleanse you and to help give you a revelation of who He is and who He desires to be in and through your life. And when we have a revelation of Jesus, our lives are changed. We don't need more theology. We don't need more steps of how to recover. We don't need more man's ideas and and agendas. All of those things fail. They will never stand the test of time. You're sitting in here tonight and you've been struggling with addiction or uh, life-controlling issues your entire life that you have not been able to seem to break free from. Or maybe you break free for moments, but then you find yourself back captive again. When the power of Jesus Christ comes into your life, you will never have to go back to that place of bondage. What we want to do here every week is to help magnify the cross in such a way that Jesus become His revelation of who He is can be so powerful in your life that it overrides the noise in the, in the other things that we see and all of the chaos around us. And to place us in the, on a place of stability, which is Himself. So you will never be shaken. As the song says, you may feel some trembling because of the earthquake all around you, but your feet will not move you in the places of brokenness any longer. And that's the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ and discipleship. So we want to come in here tonight and we want to give all of our attention, not to me, but we give our attention and our focus to our Creator And to our Lord Jesus Christ tonight. And I believe that He has something for you. As we were just listening to the short clip there in 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. We're going to move and transition in the main part of our passage tonight. It's going to be out of 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5. I believe that tonight God wants to clothe somebody in His spiritual armor. To give them the ability to be able to stand against the blows of life. 
I believe God to put a piece of armor on you tonight through this service. That if you're struggling and you find yourself in a place of brokenness or you're seeking to come out of recovery or maybe you're in a place of recovery and have been for some time, but you're just waiting. You've got this thought in your mind that there's going to come a time that you're going to fall, that there's going to come a time when you're not going to be able to handle things around you and that you're going to go back. And you live in this place of fear, of constantly trying to figure out how am I going to make it through another day? What do I need to heap up alongside me in my life? What do I need to bring and attach to my life to help me stand the test of time so that I don't go back to these places of bondage? And God wants to remove that fear from you in the house of the Lord tonight because He wants to raise you up as a soldier in these last days. I believe every man and woman that has ever suffered from whether it be a mental illness or whether it be a, 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 an addiction, uh, whether it be addiction to anything such as drugs, alcohol, anger, bitterness, anything that takes us in our life outside of the presence of God. That that man and woman has such a powerful call on their life. That's why the enemy fights you so hard. Because God has given you a voice. You know some of the most strong, powerful men and women on the planet is an addict. The things that we put ourselves through, the amount of discipline that it takes to be an addict full time, the amount of thought that has to go through the mind to manipulate circumstances and people and things around you to be able to continue in that type of lifestyle financially, emotionally. Look, man. I don't know if some of the rest of the world would have the ability to be able to perform the act. But you find yourself in the place to where some of us have lived this for years of your life. And you're still here. You know, the things you've put in your body and the type of torment that days on end that you've stayed up without sleep and not put food or drink in your body would kill a normal individual. But you're not normal. Because God has a mandate on your life. And you know some of the most powerful ministers in the world have come in from a place of addiction and bondage. Because God says in these last days, what was last is going to be first. Amen? And I believe as God starts to move upon His people, and He moves in services such as these, and He moves upon the hearts of the addicted and the afflicted, that God's going to raise up spiritual warriors in these last days that have such a, that has such an iron spine, that have feet that spike, that will not move, that when freight trains come into their life and try to hit them and derail them off course, that when the power of God comes comes upon their life. And their life is fully submitted to Jesus Christ. You will be a powerhouse for God. Amen? Because when we put the same amount of discipline and we put the same amount of energy into serving God is what we've done to be an addict, the world's going to change. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. And I believe God wants to give us something in the house of the Lord tonight to give you the, the ability to go the next step and to stay the course and to go the distance. As I, my prayer is that's why you're here, is because you're seeking to be set free. And if you've been set free by the power of God, you're here seeking to stay free. And that is exactly what we're here and in the business of. As we're in the business of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. To disciple you into a place of strength and freedom. That your life can be a consistent sounding board for the things of God. Amen. And Paul in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 and 5, as we learned last week, I know most of you that were here last week have got the, the paper that I give you on the, the, your identity and who God says that you are. Amen. That you're a child of God. 
that you're a weapon of God, right? That you've been redeemed, that you're forgiven, that you are loved, that you've been adopted. And there was 12 lists of names that God says through the scripture of who you are. And as you look in the mirror every morning that you get up and you get ready for work or to go about your day, that when you see yourself, The whole point of this discipleship training is to train your mind to as soon as your eyes see light and you come in and see the first reflection of yourself and you start speaking these spiritual truths over your life because they are your weapon. Because this word is your weapon. It's not alcoholic anonymous. It's not any other type of program. It's not celebrate recovery, even those are good things and good tools. This book is the only freedom. It is the only truth that will set you free and keep you free. See, when we come out from underneath the covering of the pages of this book, through the presence of Jesus Christ, we will fall. We will fail. We will not be able to stand. And the enemy, that's what he wants for a child of God. Because see, once you have submitted your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and you've been saved, you've been set free, your sins have been forgiven, the enemy never wants you to come into the life of Christ, to be the expression of Christ. And the only way we can ever get there is when we sit down long enough in places of discipleship and training to be trained in the ways of the Lord and who the Scripture says that we are and who He desires us to be. So one of those steps and one of those uh, part of that discipline that we learn and through the pages of the Word is to speak the Word of life over our life. So when we get up in the mornings... You have those 12 spiritual tools and there's many more in the Word of God. I hope that you seek them out. But you start training yourself to speak that Word of life over you. That you are free. That you are no longer captive. That you are a weapon of God. Amen. That you've been forgiven. That you've been adopted into the family of God and you have a Father that sits in heaven that has the most intimate details of your life on the forefront of His mind always. Your best. He has Jeremiah 29.11. Lord says that I know the thoughts, the plans I have towards you, says the Lord. And we go over this over and over every week and we always will. It says that I have thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Amen. You've got to learn to declare the word of truth over your life. Because what the enemy wants to do is to come in and he wants to distort the voice of God and your identity in Christ. And he wants to say, no, you're not free. You've got all of these things looming in life that you have heaped up upon yourself because of your sin or because of your lifestyle and things and places where your feet have taken you that you're coming out from underneath of. And the Lord wants to identify you back with places of bondage. He wants to say, well, because you're in the court system and you're going through things and you've got upcoming uh, trial dates and you've got upcoming events in the court system, that you're the same person that you was, but you're not. Because when God comes into your life, He sets you free. It's instantaneous. As soon as you commit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, He has set you free. Now you've got to learn how to be able to set with Him long enough for the Spirit of God to rest upon you, to empower you, to remain free. Amen? That's the true gospel. That's the gospel that's not going forth much to all four corners of the globe. That's the gospel of submission. Of It's going to take something from you. Do not expect the Lord Jesus Christ to take Himself off the cross and come live your life for you and to nail yourself to the cross and to walk the identity of Christ for you. No, He already done His work 2,000 years ago on the cross for you to come to Him and to learn how to live through Him. Amen? It's going to take something from you guys. Oh, if you want to remain in a place of freedom, it's going to take work. It's going to take discipline. 
You are going to have to humble yourself to a place of a child to learn everything in life new. You say, man, this guy, I get tired of this guy talking to me like I don't know nothing, man, and that I'm, I'm a grown man, I'm a grown woman, and he keeps telling me I've got to come to a place of a child and learn all things new. Yes, we have to learn all things new. Because everything in our life has been structured from the time of our birth to take us away from Christ. Now, many, some of you have grown up in Christian homes where you've had a voice of the Lord, where somebody has been leading you into the truth of the Lord, but you still have to make a decision to step into that because someone's washed it over your mind your whole life. Don't make it part of you. You've got to decide to start living it. That's why you see in many, uh, especially in pastoral ministry, you see so many ministers, powerful ministers of God's children falling into places of bondage and captivity. It's not the minister's fault. It's not the minister's responsibility. He's done his responsibility, but it's the individual that's receiving the word that has to make the decision. You see, we feel too many times that because we've been in the atmosphere of change and because we are, we come up beside our, our mothers, our fathers, our grandmas, our grandpas that have put in the work for God and has put in the time in the trenches and to seek the freedom of God and the deliverance of God that it's just going to run over top of our life and that's going to be our experience. And we do that in church. We're coming to church services. Addicts will come into recovery ministries all over the world and they feel that because they are, are close enough to a strong enough individual or a mentor that that anointing is just going to roll off from them and come down and somehow just naturally become part of their life. But you have to become teachable. And the kingdom is the first step to freedom. Amen. And Paul is giving this church a great instruction. He's, uh, he's speaking this truth over their life to help clothe them with this spiritual armor. To help take them at the distance through a process of time, even if he's not going to be with them. You see, many people followed Paul. They worshiped Paul, man. They wanted him to be the one to baptize them. They wanted him to be the one to teach them, to preach to them, all these things. But Paul wasn't always going to be there. Paul had a purpose in their life in that moment. But the truth is, they was going to go out from Paul and they was going to experience life. And some of these people were going to find themselves in transitions. They were going to find themselves in other places of the world and on the globe where Paul was not at. So Paul was teaching them the whole time he was with them and the how to be able to stand and to apply Christ to their everyday life so that they could be raised up to work at the same level of ministry that he himself has been placed in. And that's what he spent his whole life doing, was raising up leaders to take his place. And you see, that's what we do in leadership. That's what we do in the church. That's what ministry is, is the discipleship is teaching and training those in the weapons of their warfare of the Lord in order to raise you up as soldiers so you can go take the battlefield on your own. You are in a battle right now for your life. You sit right here right now in the ring of life and you fight a contender. That's He's 10-0, and 0, man. You're coming against someone, or let's say those maybe odds aren't quite... Let's say he's 10 and 9, right? Because he's, he's knocked them all but Jesus Christ. Amen? And now here you are stepping into this ring of life, trying to live life every day against a spirit, against an entity, against a spiritual warfare that has been warring and has been masterminding and manipulating creation for thousands of years before you ever hit the planet. He knows how to get you. I don't care how strong you think you are. He knows how to knock you out. Right? He knows how to get you and twist it up in such a way on the ground where you can't move and you cry out to Him 
instead of God to let you go. Man, Paul, he's saying, look, you're in this war, but your weapons of war are not carnal, which means they're not of the flesh, they're not of this world. The weapons that you have that I want to give you do not come from a program. Your freedom and recovery will not come from Alcoholics Anonymous, from Narcotics Anonymous, from any other type of spirit program, from anything other than Jesus Christ Himself. Amen. Amen. Your weapon is Him. It's not of this flesh. It's born of God. That's why He says that your weapons are of warfare are not carnal or fleshly, but mighty in God. In God is the key. In Christ for pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments. Here's that word cast. In every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to read you something here before we get any further on what a stronghold looks like, according to the Greek. And you can get really deep into a stronghold, but I'm going to give you just the surface meaning and definition of what this is. And if you ever get a chance as you're studying the Word to download the Bible app or Bible Hub, something like that, a program where you can look up multiple versions of the Bible... I'd like to use Bible Hub as a resource that I use. And you can go on there and you can click on a link called the Strong's King James. And you can press on any word that you're looking up. It'll be highlighted in blue. And it will give you the definition in either the Greek in the New Testament or the Hebrew in the Old. And it'll help you get a little bit deeper into what God is trying to say. So as we study God and as we are studying for the knowledge of God... That's what we do. That's what I get excited about. I love studying the scripture and meanings of words. Not that I have to have those meanings, but it takes me deeper into my life, into the Lordship of Jesus Christ and what he's trying to say to me. And he says, now, Jeremiah, your weapons are not of your, your weapons uh, of your warfare are not carnal or fleshly, but mighty in God for pulling down a strongholds. I ask, well, what is a stronghold, Lord? Just at the surface, we look, it's anything that's holding us back, right? Anything that has us in bondage, captivity. But when you really start looking in and peeling down the very first layer, and there's multiple layers to this, but we're not going to go that deep. He says it's literally, it's figuratively used in this particular passage. And the definition as it's a false argument in which a person seeks shelter, a safe place to escape reality. We go one step deeper, and he says that it's literally, it's derived from a root word that comes from the word echo. You know what an echo is. Echo is hearing your sound coming back to you. So now we put this into perspective tonight. And we're going to tie this all together. Just give me a little bit to be able to do this. I can't do this outside of the power of God. I can't put the right words to it to connect it to your mind. But I'm praying God will give you a vision tonight of something He wants to set you free from. Because you see, many of us in the house of the Lord has been in places of captivity Maybe it's not so much physical. Many of us has been there in the physical, in either a jail or a prison where there's four block walls that surround you in a close place of confinement. Maybe you've been caught captive and you ain't been able to move in life. And you've never been in those places, but you know what it feels like to not be able to move. That you're in a place of brokenness, that your finances has been ripped from you, your job, your your uh, any type of credibility has been ripped from you. And you're in a place to where you feel like that you can't move. And he says, I need you to understand something. Paul's speaking something so deep to these people. And I believe that someone would have understood what he was saying in this moment. Because as we look at this stronghold, he says, Jeremiah, what happens when you're in a place that's walls are closed in? Just like this, if we was to take away this mic, there's an echo that naturally happens in a place of confinement. 
But what is the sound that you are hearing? Yes, it's the sound that you make. So what you hear in a stronghold is your own voice. What you hear when you're in this stronghold, in this place of captivity, is an echo. And the Lord says, when you're hearing an echo, I need you to stop for a moment. So what's that echo look like? Well, what are things that come back to us? What are things that we would say? What are things that come into our mind? That's the flesh that would come out. That would be a resounding a sound that comes back. Fear is one of them. That I can't do this. I can't, I can't make it. I'm never going to be able to stand. Oh. We hear echoes of anger. I'm never going to be able to overcome these emotions. And when we get closed in, when we get hemmed in in life, these things start coming back to us because we're not able to see far enough. See, we're only seeing just a short distance. Because God, as He begins to open our eyes, that's what He does is He gives man vision, vision of Himself that takes you past the wall. But you see, when we're in a place of confinement, we will speak to ourselves. We'll become lazy. There can be, you may not have and feel like you have the physical ability to get up and do the things that you need to do on a daily basis in order to be able to survive. You don't want to get up and go to work. You don't want to get up and read your Bible. You don't want to get up and pray. Because we come into a place of just blah, of just lazy, and we become, uh, we use people, and we will manipulate people around us for our own gain because we're so selfish. See, as addicts, we're very selfish people to the core. Say, man, I'm not selfish. If you've ever been in addiction, yes, you are. Because you put substance over life. It don't have to be just addiction. Man was born in the selfishness apart from God. We live for ourselves, not just addicts. The whole world apart from God. We will come in and we will resound uh, uh, thoughts of bitterness. We become very bitter about our situation and circumstances because we lived in it for so long and we start blaming others. And we start hearing these things and we become very resentful. We can even start resenting God because He hadn't moved in ways that we wanted Him to move in the past. And these things is what starts echoing back to us. And He says, look, when you start having these thoughts, when this sound is swirling all around you, and you put it out and it don't release, it keeps coming back. When it doesn't go out from your body, and it's released and it's broken, but it continues to come back, that's an echo. When bondage comes back to your life, you are in an echo. You are in a stronghold. You are in a place of confinement that only the power of God can deliver you. It says, because when we come into the life of Christ in Acts 1.8, He says, but when the power from the Holy Spirit comes upon you, Amen. He will empower you to become witnesses. Amen. He will empower you to become the light in the darkness. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. When these echoes become our life and when these echoes become our identities, God gives us a way of escape. And He says, look, I give you a weapon that's going to be able to cut through these echoes in and through your life. I'm going to give you a way to be able to cut off these strongholds, this place of captivity. And he says, I'm going to do it in God. And I'm going to give you this ability that only I can give you to be able to be a life that's set free, to be a life that's able to stay the course, and to be a life that's able to walk in places that, through captivity and situations that would cripple the world apart from Christ. Coming out of addiction is not easy. Coming through things of the past can be very difficult. 
in the length of time that it takes to walk through those things, if we don't learn how to be connected to fight the right way, we will go back to those places because it's where we find our security. See, the truth of the matter is, is the flesh begins to like that place of captivity because it feels comfortable there. Why do we go back to why do we go back to alcohol? Why do we go back to drugs? Why do we go back to pornography? Because it relieves something in us. Right? It makes us feel safe for a moment. It makes us feel like we're in control. It makes us feel we're we're in this place of of illusionment, he says. And and it's it is a place we put this false covering up in and around our life. And he says that's a stronghold. He says, but John 14, 6, Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That word truth in the Greek literally meant reality opposite an illusion. Christ is reality. There is no falseness in Him. There is no falseness in this book. There is no falseness in and through His life and what He desires for your life and the instructions that He has given in God's Word. It is reality. You see, and it's when we learn to submit our life to reality and to the truth of God that we begin to experience God on levels that we're not able to experience Him when we're living for ourselves. When we want to do it our way instead of God's way. When we want to be a husband our way, not God's way. When we want to be a wife or a mother or a father or a grandparent or just a friend or to live life any other way than God's way. Jesus takes us back to these places of brokenness where we're not able to stand. But he says, I have a life that I want to give you, but it don't come your way. It only comes His way. You say, man, every time I come here every week, it's just pounding me of submitting myself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. There will be no other message that comes from me. Why? Because I have proven it. And I live around enough men and women of God that has proven it their entire life. And every other source has failed me. I've tried it all. I've tried drug court programs. I've tried every replacement therapy program known to man. Every type of pill. Every type of injection that you can think of. Every type of counseling service that you can think of or begin to imagine. And it all failed me and left me broken, busted and disgusted. And living life going in places of chaos. Not able to try to figure out who I am, what I was here for, and just wanting to die. But when Jesus Christ come into my life, and men and women of God started speaking truth to my life, the Son, you need the answer to life. Let me share Him with you. His name is Jesus. When you come to Jesus, your life will be transformed. And I would think, as we say over and over, I would come to those places to Jesus. But then as soon as I got there, I would turn around and leave. I would never stay in His presence long enough for Him to be able to move. I would never stay connected to men and women of accountability that was leading me in the ways of the Lord because I wanted to do it my way. And when I heard any other way but my way, I couldn't stand it. And I would think, they don't know me. You don't know my life, where I've been, what I'm going through, man. You keep coming back to this same stupidity, telling me to hit my knees and submit my life to Jesus, and my life's going to change. You keep telling me that I need to do this and follow these instructions in God's Word. Nothing's changing my life. The whole time I wasn't walking it. The whole time I never really wanted it. I just wanted my circumstances to change. God is not worried about your external circumstance. You say, that's mean. To say God's not worried about my upcoming court cases. God's not worried about my marriage falling apart. God's not worried about 
The places where I'm at, I don't have no place to live. I don't have no money. I don't have no job. No, he's not worried about any of that right now because he's worried about you. See, man looks on the outside. They bring solutions to the external. God brings solutions to the internal. Because the internal is what will bring solutions to the external that will change and last a lifetime. But in addiction, we want solutions to the external and we want it now. So I've seen this meme by Bishop Dale Bronner. He's a pastor out of Atlanta that I listen to frequently. And... Uh, I'd never seen it before in a message a couple weeks ago. He had this uh, picture that he put up for the whole church. And it was a picture of a prison gate. You can picture the old iron bars. There's been places where I've been in my life where they still had those iron bars. Now it's block walls and these solid metal doors. But in the old days, it was an iron bar. And it was something to be in that place because of the noise and the sheer noise. And to have the guard wreak his beater stick down the guard, get down the post and make those noise. I've experienced those things. That's a, that's a reality. That's not like that anymore, but you could see on the outside. You're in a place of confinement, but you could see and you could see the people all next to you and the other cells and things around. And there was a different whole level of, of perception, but you would have this big place that a key goes into, like a big skeleton key. And that's what it looked like. Today, the keys are like this big, thick key. <coughs> it's real long. It don't have the, the thing, the hooks on it like the old days. But he had this old key, <coughs> this old lock was on this uh, prison door. And he had this prisoner that was on the inside. And on the other side was a skeleton key and a loaf of bread. And this prisoner had a stick. Where he could reach out and grab things. Those of you that's been in jail, have you ever fished, man, for commissary? Come on, somebody. I'm talking where you're throwing fishing line and string. You've ripped off your pillowcase and tied a weight to it. And you're flinging it under the door to the next pod over to get a bag of chips or, or a ramen noodle or something like that. It's a symbol of this stick. Right? And he has, and in this picture, this prisoner was reaching toward the bread. Not the key. Like, what in the world? When I first looked at this, and he went into the message, and it was powerful because I thought, wow, this is something I'm going to keep with me and I want to share with you guys because it's so true. It's like, you know, we get focused on the wrong thing so many times. We get fo- focused on what we need right now so much that we completely miss re- reality. Just totally escapes us. Here's this man. He's so hungry. And he looks like he shriveled up like he hadn't eaten days. And he's got this stick. And he's going after the bread. When if he would have went after the key. He could have brought the key in. Unlocked the door. Went out and got the bread. And went and lived life. And got the job. And made more bread. But instead. He's going after a piece of bread. That when he eats it it's gone. One piece of bread. And here he's got a key to where he can unlock himself from captivity. And isn't that what we do in life? And the Lord, I believe he want to show us something and want to share that with us tonight. Because all of life is found in him. He is the life. Church. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When you have me... Matthew 6.33 Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. But see, we want to seek the wrong things at times. We get in close to the presence of God, but then when we're outside of worship and we're outside of ministry, what do we gravitate back to to sustain our life? We seek all this bread. We seek these external things for temporary solutions to life's problems, that right beside it is the key. Many of us were quick to pick up the phone in our house to try to get answers and solutions to life's problems when the key is laying right beside you on the nightstand. When the key is right here, 
When the key is hitting your knees in the presence of God and pouring your heart out to God for the answers to life. And we go to all these external extremities. We're burning down counseling centers. We're going and getting medication for, for all types of issues under the sun. And God says, if you will come to me, there is illnesses that medicine is good for that God has made. There is certain mental illnesses that God has given ability to man to be able to bring solutions to. But 90% of the problems that we face in our mind are problems that God wants to come in and He wants to open up channels in our mind in order for us to be healed from those things. But we don't have to have the medication any longer. And God can do that. I've seen Him do it in my own life. Look, I was diagnosed bipolar, all types of, all types of labels that you can put on somebody and took medication a good part of my life. And God healed me from that because I realized the reason, the source of where all of that hostility and where that confusion was coming from was from untouched, unhealed places in my heart and in my spirit from things of the past been inflicted by others and myself. When the power of God started to come into my life and bring healing to those areas, I never, no longer needed a pill to be the solution. But I found Christ to be the solution to those, to those issues in my life. And I believe that God has the ability to be able to heal those areas tonight. God wants to use you and raise you up as a weapon church for Him. You're sitting here tonight in Freedom Ministries, in a recovery ministry, in Evansville, Indiana, whatever brought you here on this day, January 2024, God wants to do something miraculous in and through your life tonight. And I believe God to clothe you with such an anointing and with such a power from Him that He baptized you in His presence that He touch you by His mighty hand to give you revelation of who He is and who He desires to be in your life. And when you just say yes to Jesus, He will handle the rest. But you can't say yes tonight, jump in your car, go home, and then lay Him off to the side and put Him on the back burner like He means nothing. Because when He becomes your life and you know that there is no life apart from Him, you know there's no need for you to suck another breath on this side of eternity unless you get this thing, man, and unless you get it right. God can't move in the capacity. He wants to move to bless your life. Because He is the key. He says if you're captive tonight... And you keep hearing an echo come back to you. Things in life you keep casting off. We're with force trying to cast it off. We're speaking it out, but we're speaking it to the wrong person. We've got to speak it to Jesus. And we've got to allow Him to be the solution to fix the problems in our life. And when you sound off to Him, what you're sending out does not come back. Amen. The stronghold is broken in God through the power of God. We've got too many people living life in an echo. And I believe God wants to tear down the wall. And as He tears down the wall, God's going to free you. In a miraculous way. And He's going to use you to empower you to touch the world. And I believe that Acts 1.8 But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God wants to give you a testimony to share with the world. You know why I stand up here every week? Because God's given me a testimony that I want to share to others of how to come out of bondage. To lead the way to Him. And to let Him be the source. 
When God truly moves and sets you free. And He's the source. There will come a sound from you. That touches the heavens. And that sound is not going to be coming back. But it keeps going out. And it's not consumed upon you. But it's being consumed by others around you. To bring health and life into dead places and situations. God wants to make you a source of life. He can only do that when He is your life. And I pray that that touches you tonight. And helps give you encouragement and gives you hope. I gave you a handout uh, called Life's Compass in that. We're going to be starting and kicking this off next week. We're going to be going through three weeks of just allowing God through His Word to direct our minds to true north that's back to Him. That we come in every each Sunday night and we get readjusted for another step. And we're going to go through God's Word and we're going to learn how to allow God's Word to be our map and to be our guide. And He will show us each and every step that we need to take. And He's going to show you the obstacles that you will face. So you know ahead of time. So you've got the detour. So when it hits you and when the troubles of life come and the unexpected You're not surprised and you're not shaken and you're no longer moved and your feet don't take you back to places of captivity, but you already have the answer. (laughs) He's going to stop the time clock for you. The second hand, when God becomes your life, when Christ becomes your life, you no longer live your life trying to catch up to time, but time will be trying to catch up to you. You see, you can only come to that place through the knowledge and the presence of the Lord through the Creator of time. Time stops with Him. Amen. So I pray that this will bless you over the next few weeks and I'm excited about uh, coming into this. I'm going to ask if there's anyone in the house of the Lord that needs prayer, you're caught in that place, you know there's a stronghold, you know that the voices in your head keep coming back to you, you know the identity and solutions of the world keep coming back to you and you can't seem to shake it. We want to pray with you tonight. We want to anoint you with oil and as you make a step toward Christ, I believe Him to break the chain. And when He severs the chain, it's no longer put back together again. Say, man, I've been set free. I keep coming back and this chain keeps getting welded back together. It'll never weld back together in the presence of Almighty God. You say, that's a lie. You're always going to fail. We're going to have relapse. Relapse is part of recovery. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You don't have to relapse. Because there's no relapse in Jesus Christ. Relapse is not an option. We don't have to go there. That's an excuse. That's an excuse because we don't want to take up our place as a man and woman of God. Amen? We say, man, now he's getting deep. Absolutely, because this is reality. Because you, when you leave this place, if you don't get it, May read about you in the newspaper next week ODing in a dope house here in Evansville. And I'm accountable by what I tell you in the house of the Lord tonight. And I'm telling you to stand up and fight for your life and for your family and for your future. Stand up. Quit bowing down to the enemy and the tactics of the world. It's time to stand and to make a decision to be a voice for God. If you will make that decision tonight and you will let us walk beside you, you will not fall. God will move upon your life, but you have to be willing to listen and to accept the answers. Everything has to change. And has to be redirected through Him. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Dear Most Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank You, God, for Your Word. I want to thank You, God, that You did not leave us in this life empty-handed. That we'd have no arsenal against the enemy. 
You don't leave us in places of confusion, trying to figure life out, trying to figure out what I'm to do next, what step I'm supposed to take. I thank You, God, that You are the step. And that when we step into You, everything in our life starts to change. Situations and circumstances may not change, but You change us, God. You empower us to be able to stand through some of the hellish, most hellish situations and circumstances of life. As You set Your people free by the power of the Gospel, Lord. And as You teach us each and every day, Lord God, that You do not abandon us, Lord God. That when we think that our future does not look so hopeful, Lord God, and we come into a place of confusion and the enemy wants to tell us that there's nothing more than what it's already been. Lord, that You give us the word of life. That You said, Lord, and we can hold You to Your covenant promises, Lord. That You have thoughts and plans for our life, God. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. And when the peace is gone, we know, Lord God, that it's not from You. That there's some step, we just got to take a step to hit our knees back to You, God. And Lord, that You will give us a future and a hope, Lord. But when we're trying to figure it out on our own, Lord God, we become hopeless. We become desperate. We become like the man in that picture, Lord, that's just reaching for the piece of bread. When you want us to reach towards you, God, that you are the key to life. And that when we submit our life to you, God, that you give us the keys to help unlock the door for others, God. But Lord, we can't be that key when we're caught in a place of captivity ourselves, focusing on the wrong things, God. Help us with our selfishness, Lord. Oh God, Lord, will you move upon us tonight, Lord, in this sanctuary, Lord God. Each and every one of our hearts and minds, God. Lord, that we submit our lives to you. And that this week, God, that you would place men and women of God around us, Lord, to speak encouraging words to us, Lord. And Lord, that we find our source of strength from you. And as we get up of a morning, every morning, Lord, that we learn to discipline ourselves to declare the word of truth over our life, Lord God. That we would start washing our lives with your word and your presence, Lord. That you would break those strongholds off of the enemy, that our identity would change, Lord. Thank You, Jesus, Lord. Lord, God, that we would we would rise up, Lord, as weapons, Father, Lord, in this last day, as staff holders, Lord, God, that's able to speak the Word of life and truth and power and authority, Lord, God, that we're able to bring stability to chaos, Lord, God. Help us, Lord. Lord, as You're leading us out of places of captivity, Lord God. May we have experiences with You this week, Lord. That's so powerful, Lord God, that we can't deny that it come from the hand of Almighty God. And may we write those things down, Lord, not just in our mind, but we put it down on pen and paper. Lord, the experiences that You give us each and every day, Lord God. Thank You, Lord. Continue to train us, Lord, to mold us, Lord, more into Your image, Lord. Help us, Lord, to grow closer as a family, Lord God. Lord, I pray that You would help Your people tonight through any legal issues that they may have, Lord, that Your favor would be upon them, Lord, in the court systems, Lord, prosecuting attorneys and judges, that You would touch their hearts and give them favor, Lord God. Lord, that when they look upon the individual, that they no longer see a resemblance or reflection of the person from the past, Lord, but when they look upon them, that they see a reflection in the sound of Jesus Christ, Lord, and that Your power, Lord God, and that Your favor would flow through them, Father, into those situations, Lord. Be with them in health situations that they're facing, Lord God. Lord, I pray, Lord, that You be with them in financial issues, Lord God, that they face living situations, Lord, relationship issues, God. Lord, move upon them and touch them, Lord, by Your mighty hand. Let them know that You are right there, Lord God. God, give them the answers, Lord, through Your Word and through their prayer time this week, Lord. Lord, in their dreams, move upon them, Lord, as they lay asleep in their bed at night, that You would give them visions of You and Your purpose and plans, God. Lord, may testimonies be rose up in the house of the Lord tonight. That goes out all over Evansville, Indiana, Lord God. Lord, that we're able to take the streets of this city, Lord. Lord, that we're able to speak to the afflicted and the addicted, Father, Lord, and not 
just be any word, but it'll be a word of power and it'll be a word of authority, Lord God, that tears down the strongholds and illusions of the enemy, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, Lord, that you have assembled such a people as this tonight in the house of the Lord. Oh, God, Lord, and do them with power from on high, Lord. Lord, as they submit their lives more and more to you, God. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you would be the influence, Father, Lord. Lord, that you would touch their families, Lord. Touch them in their workplaces this week, Lord. Encourage them, Father, in a way that only you can, God. And Lord, we thank you, God, for all of who you are. We thank you for what you have done in our life. We thank you for what you're doing right now. And we look forward and we thank you in advance for the things that you're about to do. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.